We're going to continue in our series this week. Technically, we're now officially in this Advent season. To me, I mean, after Thanksgiving, all of that counts. But I guess technically today is the beginning of an, the Advent season towards Christmas. And so we're approaching Christmas, and we're going to obviously be looking at characters around the Christmas story. And Christmas Eve, we'll have that abbreviated service, and we'll read the Christmas story, and we'll explore that. But we've been in this conversation or this series of being in good company. And so you can see that on the screen. We talked last week about waiting in general. We're all waiting for something. You might be waiting for something great and beautiful and awesome, or you might just be waiting for the storm of life to just give you a break. I don't know. It could be either dynamic. I understand in a room like this, we could have polar opposites of what you're waiting for, but we could agree we're all waiting for something. And we discussed that and we leaned in. What does waiting even mean? I won't re-preach it. Don't worry. It's on Spotify if you want to catch it again or you missed it. But today we pick up now with this series, this idea of waiting, because all of us are waiting for Christmas. We're either waiting for the good parts or waiting for the bad parts to be over. I don't know. Uh, everybody's scenario is different, but we're all waiting. We're anticipating. We're expecting something here in this Christmas season. And so today we're going to continue, but we will specifically look at a story. So if you have your Bibles, you could turn to Luke chapter 1. Where else do you start for the Christmas season than the beginning of Luke's gospel? And while you're finding that, I'll get us set up this morning. Today, I'm going to be heavy on an illustration uh, of movies. I don't know if you're a movie person. If not, you, I guess you just have to pretend like you are for a little bit, just for a few minutes. Um, but I'm calling this Plot Twists and Happy Endings. Because I'll use illustrations here of movies, but, you know, there, there's so much that we'll glean from that, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, do I have any Star Wars fans or people who have at least could say, I've seen Star Wars? Okay, well, all right, for the rest of you that haven't or didn't want to admit it, um, at the beginning of every Star Wars movie, there's this trail of uh, text, right? It's uh, this... You know, it, it was cool back in, what was it, the 70s when it was made, uh, started. Uh, there's this scrolling text that gives you the background that you need for the movie. Whatever setup you need, information, basic information of what's going on in the story before the movie starts. That's how every Star Wars movie, other than a couple that were just, you know, Fringe, Solo, and Rogue One, other than those weirdos, every single one used that same format, okay? And so let me give you the scrolling text for our story, and then we'll read Luke chapter 1, okay? You've got to look at what's happened before Luke. And so you go all the way back to the New Testament, 400 years prior. Malachi had assured those who loved God this. He says that the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. That's Malachi chapter 4. Isaiah had even promised this. We just read Isaiah chapter 40 not too long ago. And he promised that the glory of God will be revealed. There would come a voice of one calling in the desert to prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for God. Do you remember chapter 40 of Isaiah? 
So Malachi spoke similarly as he penned the final words of the Old Testament, the end of this, this period. And he says, see, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And so here we're getting ready. This is the scrolling text. Stay with me, I promise. When Luke wrote his gospel, more than 400 years had passed since Malachi's time. And during that time, there was no word of prophecy. There was no sign of a prophet of God. But the long darkness was about to experience sunrise. Great plains led, laid in eternal ages past now began to activate Angels scurried around busily preparing for the dawn. And here we are in Luke chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, would you stand to your feet in reverence to God's word? We're going to begin in cha uh, chapter 1, verse 5, and read a few into this. But beginning of verse 5, it says this. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eye, eyes, careful to obey all the commandments and regulations. Just make a mental note right there for verse, verse 6. Mental note. They were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey the Lord's commands. Now verse 7. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And as was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Verse 13, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have a great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. Can we pray together that God will speak to us through this? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for for. Who you are, God, I thank you that you saw fit to have your words recorded, your story, the, our history recorded, God, so that we could glean wisdom, we could glean and capture some encouragement from it, God. And Lord, I'm asking right now that you would lead us in this time that we have together, you would just sanctify our ears and our minds, God, that we would hear the word of God. We would hear your spirit speaking to us. God, I pray you'd help me to be careful in how I handle your word. God, that you'd help me in my words, in my presentation, and how I articulate what you've written. God, help me to be careful and a good steward of what you've given me to share with the people. God, I thank you that I can ask this. I pray you'd just be all over and in and around and saturate this service and this time that we have together in the name of Jesus. And if you agree, just say amen. So in Luke chapter 1, we start, now I know this is Zechariah and Elizabeth, but it's part of the Christmas story. It goes hand in hand with Christmas, and this is where, this is the story where we'll start. And so we just read, and you could even continue reading through uh, verse 25, the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And that's all right, I hear the Polar Express passing, isn't that perfect? But we just read the story of 
Zechariah and Elizabeth, and Zechariah was a priest. Elizabeth was his wife. The Bible says that they were righteous. They were careful to obey uh, God's commands and, and that they were righteous in God's eyes, meaning he actually acknowledged you're, you're doing a good job, guys. You're doing, you're doing what I, I want you to do. But despite being faithful and despite being righteous in God's eyes, they were unable to have children. And one day that angel appeared and he told, spoke to Zechariah and he informed him that his wife would conceive and have a son. And so there's a few points that we can glean from this and we can almost have tears of ha uh, uh, those uh, happy tears that you get. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those movies that gets you your emotions and then there's like a hook at the end and it's a beautiful ending and everybody's just sobbing and crying. I don't know. I remember the first time I saw a person cry tears of joy. It was my cousin, Sarah, and I'll call her out because I don't know if she'll watch this later. Uh, but I love her. I remember her sitting on Graham's porch, and she was crying. Or her, or my her friend, the neighbor, was crying. And I asked my cousin Sarah, I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong with Rebecca? Why is she crying like that? And Sarah said to me, she's happy. What? Who cries when they're happy? Now, I was really little. I understand now. When God blesses you, and it's that amazing, you cry those tears of joy, Right? And so let's get into this. Uh, let's look at one aspect here of this story. And I like the way it's worded, and I'll simplify it for your notes. But it's this. The very first aspect we could glean right off the bat in this story is that life can cast its shadows on even the most devout and the virtuous, besetting them with tribulations and sorrows. So another way of, of simply saying that is that the faithful and the righteous can face disappointment and hardship. Now, this is that aspect of being the shepherd. I have to inform you that, yes, we have an advocate with the Father. And, yes, he, Jesus came so that we could live life uh, and live it more abundantly. However, the Scripture also says the rain falls on the just and the unjust just the same. And so... Although we have this awesome connection with God, this awesome relationship, and we can speak to things, it does not exempt you from living life. It does not exempt you from facing disappointment or hardship. And I'll tell you this, it's not even always directly your fault. It's sometimes it's just because it's life. And we're going to look at this a little bit and explain it. See, in Zechariah and Elizabeth's case, it, they couldn't have children, and that was just crushing for them. Their, their family line wouldn't continue. Zechariah's line wouldn't continue. Elizabeth probably felt like the scum of the earth, like just a failure as a woman, that she couldn't give her husband a child. And, and, and although we know there's so much more to it, in that day it probably was just a mortifying reality for them to believe that I just, I can't, what's wrong with me? What did I do? And we're reminded, though, that God does have a plan for each of us, and he's got perfect timing, and it doesn't align with my timing. And we'll talk about that, but he will bring a purpose through that disappointment and hardship. Now, catch, listen carefully. It doesn't mean directly, necessarily, that he caused it. That can be in, at times. We see where he's trying to get a hold of people, and he will cause that hardship. You could look at Jonah. When he decides to run, God's like, that is the opposite direction 
uh, I'm going to have you swallowed up by a whale. Okay, you know, that hardship was influenced and caused by God. But it's not always, in our cases, something that God's directly doing. But you can be sure, you could bet your bottom dollar that God can bring something beautiful out of the ashes. Only he can do that. If I'm experiencing hardship and I cause some kind of problem, I don't have the ability to always turn something beautiful out of it. Sometimes I'm stuck with that because I made that mess. But God is the one who can. But I need you to know, just like Elizabeth must have been wondering, what's wrong with me? God, what did I do to upset you? Or, or where did I miss it? I've heard that. Nothing has to be wrong with you. Just because you're experiencing some hardship, some setback, nothing has to be wrong with you, and it doesn't always have to be sin. I, I knew a friend years ago who anytime something bad would happen, he would be like, man, God's punishing me. I did something wrong. I don't know what it is, but I did something wrong. And here's my philosophy on this, and I love the brother, but if I, you know, if I could go back knowing what I know now, I'd take him to James chapter 5, the very end of that chapter. Because James tells us that we can pray, and when we're facing hardship, he says to pray that your sins will be forgiven. Well, what does that mean then? If I'm to pray that my sins will be forgiven, I know what I'm praying about. This is, it's, there's no like pleasure God gets out of making it a secret. Like I'm punishing you right now, and I want to watch you squirm you remember that thing you did last Tuesday at 345? That's what I'm punishing. God's not like that. You will know it. You'll know if it's because of what you've done specifically. Otherwise, just understand that nothing has to be wrong with you. The rain falls on the just and the unjust all the same. And so I need you to also know that just because you're facing disappointment or hardship doesn't mean that you have a weakness, doesn't mean that something's wrong with you, defective, uh, not at all. We all could go around the room, and I know you won't want to, and we won't because I, I don't want you throwing stones, but we could all share our hardships and sob stories, and we could all cry together of things, but know that nothing's wrong with you. It's not always a result of anything you did. It's not. At times it's a test, but others it's not. It's, it's, it's something called life. Are you with me? Do you, you follow? And so Elizabeth must have felt like that. Like, what did I do wrong? And I'm here to just start at this simple level of the faithful and righteous can experience hardship too. All right, so let's dig in. Let's continue on. There's your first bullet. But next is your story has a happy ending. Now, let me share this with you. When Eleni and I were dating, she invited me over to watch a movie with her and her mom uh, when she was alive, and I, I loved spending that time. Normally, we would watch I Love Lucy, and I would laugh at how hard my mother-in-law would laugh. And I just loved it, because she'd get tickled. And yes, it's funny, but you know, it's even more funny to laugh at somebody laughing. And that's what I would do. And so one, one night, Eleni invited me over to watch the movie Selena. Oh, she, you know, she knows. She said, oh, no. To watch the movie Selena. Now, I don't know if you have seen that movie or if you know the story because it was based on a true story. Um, and I guess I'll just say this is a spoiler alert because I kind of, for my illustration, you need to know where the, the movie ends or you won't understand what I'm saying. So if you need to slip out to the bathroom or something, I get it. Um, that's what we'll say it's for. But she invited me to watch Selena. 
Now, I need you to understand, she's Mexican. Her mom's Mexican. This, they knew the Selena story because, you know, the, Selena was a, a famous singer, um, you know, a star, and the movie was based on her life, rising up to fame, and then the end of her story as well, where she, in the end, is killed by her, um, her fan club manager. So you could Google it later if you're interested. But, okay, Mexican family, very familiar with Selena. Here I am, the gringo, walking into the room. And we watch Disney movies where, at the end, everything magically comes back together. And if it doesn't, Dad would cut the last five minutes of the VCR tape so we didn't know it had a bad ending. So every movie we ever would watch would be a beautiful, happy ending, like a Hallmark movie, you know? So here I am, Hallmark movie, beautiful endings, you know, sunshine, lollipop, and roses. I go over to this Mexican family. We watch Selena. Salinas, if you've seen it. Sorry, there's my reference. You got to watch it now. Uh, but we watch the movie. We get through the whole movie. And here I'm just like, I didn't realize it was based on a true story. And I didn't realize how it was going to end. We get all the way through. I have no clue anything about Selena. And... The very last few minutes of the movie, the fan club manager kills Selena. The end. I'm like, is there a part two coming? Is there a sequel coming? Lord help me. What? I was like, Letty, what is she's like? It was based on a true story, Selena. I'm like, what? What do you? I Google it. Oh man, she. Okay, this is sad. This is horrible. This is a nasty ending. Why would you? willfully put yourself through a movie and so Eleni and I joke even today because she loves these movies that don't always have a good ending I'm like what it doesn't resonate doesn't connect but thank God that our lives are not just a movie and while we will pull illustrations from these movies my story this is something God dropped in my spirit and I I even bawled when he did my story has a happy ending. Yours does too. You've got to believe it. If you're saved and you've repented of your sins and you've asked Jesus to be in your heart, I'm telling you today, if nobody else did, that your story has an end, happy ending, period. End. end. Don't, you don't need to, to continue. If you're saved, your story has a happy ending. So let's just conservatively say that, John, uh, that John's parents, Zachariah and Elizabeth, now, the Bible says that they were, old, they were uh, up in age. Let's say that they're in their 80s. You know, there's all kinds of, of, of assumptions. Some say 88. But let's say they're in their 80s. And let's say because of culture, you know, they were trying in their 20s to start. And, you know, times were different. May have been much earlier than that. But we'll keep it conservative and just say that maybe they were trying for 30 years to have a child. I need you to, to just get with me here. And it likely could be double, but you know that's 10,950 days that Elizabeth would have to wake up and say, God, what's wrong with me? What did I do? Why can't I have this blessing? 10,950 days. And it likely was double that, to be honest. It likely was double, and that would have been over 20,000 days. How many days are you into your wait of your story ending and you're waiting and it's like when Selena ends, it's like, is there a happy ending coming? Is there a part two? 
It's like this. Have you ever rewatched a movie that you knew had a good ending, but it had a horrible, ugly middle? Anybody know about the ugly middle of, of movies? And you ever go back to rewatch it? And yes, you still want to cringe, and you're like, oh, that, that's rough. But somehow you're able to get through those cringe, horrible, you know, the plot of the movie for the character. It's like everything's collapsing, and I don't know what's humming. Maybe that train's coming back. Uh, Brother Brandon, could you just mute every channel but this one, please? Thank you so much. Uh, this is, it should be channel one. We'll just go through and unmute. Thank you. You're the man. That's not coming through there. Uh, you can push that one back. Carla's coming. We'll get through there. We'll, we'll get through it. The story has a happy ending. All right. You ever rewatch a movie and you've got this ugly middle? Things are just coming up. Uh, the, the character's life is just falling apart. It's like a Hallmark movie, right? You know, he doesn't tell the girl about this, that, or the other. She finds out, oh, no, everything's a mess. And you're like, oh, I can't watch. But if you know the ending is happy, you like you, you can make it. You can hold out. You're like, all right, it's going to end okay. This is ugly, but it's, it's got a good ending. Let's, let's watch it. It's like that for us in the Christian faith. Because if you read the book, you read the end of the story, whether it's on earth or not, and I believe it, could, it can be on earth. I'm not just trying to, to chalk this off to, well, you know, maybe in glory, and that's not second best. But our story has a happy ending. I don't know how many days you're into the wait for your happy story or your happy ending. I know I could tell you for me because we've been bearing this burden together and praying. I know for me today, uh, for our adoption journey, our foster our journey, whatever God wants to do in it, today's 336 for my family. If I were to go back, it's since Judah was born into heaven on June 26th of 2019, it's been 1,621 days today of our journey of wait. But here's what God dropped in my spirit last night, and I mean this. Don't feel bad. Don't feel sorry. Because when I read the scripture and when I look at what God has, he told me that my story still has a happy ending. Because I can tell you what, either my family will grow on earth or when I get to heaven, I'm making a beeline for Maria, my mother-in-law, who I suspect is holding Judah. I'm going to grab him. I'm going to hug my mother-in-law. And we're going to have the biggest family reunion and celebration. And my story will end with a happy ending. That's what God wants you to know. And so I might be in this ugly middle right now. And I might be like, God, I don't, I, I don't like it. It's cringe. It's horrible. But my happy ending's coming. And I'll get through the ugly middle because I've seen the story. And I've seen how it ends. And it's happy. Praise God. Your story has a happy ending. I don't know what, you, what day of the wait you're in. And when I read this, 1 Peter it's like God dropped this in my spirit. I almost like couldn't even breathe for a second. Reading in 1 Peter, it says this. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. This is scripture. Peter's writing. 
Verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive his salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. And he says this in verse 6. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Here's what God did for me. When I, I used, this is me, and, and, and I've, I've, I've worked it out with God. And I've asked him at times to forgive me, but I've read scriptures like this in the past and been like, you know what, Peter, if you were right here, I'd love to punch you in the face. It's just me. I'm like, oh, be glad while you're suffering. Be glad while your face is hurting. I mean, this is just me. I'm sorry. This is just me. Okay. But when God dropped that in my spirit, that my story does have a happy ending, I thought about rewatching these movies and and I can bear the horrible, ugly middle because I know it has a happy ending. And that's what Peter is saying. He's saying, guys, if you knew, if you actually saw the end of the movie, if you saw the end of the story, I promise you would be glad. And it doesn't mean you have to like the hardship or you have to like whatever setback you have towards your weight. But he's saying if you just have seen the end of the movie like I have, you would be glad that it has a happy ending. That's what I took from that. I'm like, thank you, God. We're waiting for Christmas, and we're going to celebrate the Savior who came and allowed us to have that happy ending. All we have to do is believe. We cry out to God. Like Paul says in Romans, how, how would a person know to cry out to God if they didn't believe in God? And how would they believe in God if, if they didn't hear? And how would they hear without a preacher? Here we are, guys. You've got all the ingredients you need now. And your story can have a happy ending. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your awesomeness, your grace, and your mercy. Let's continue on here. This last aspect here. Another aspect I really, really like. And that's God likes a good plot twist. You could look in Scripture of all these stories, even their story. Check it out here. They're in their 80s, been waiting for a child, and God says, I'm going to give you a child now. If you're like me, I'm like, what? Perfect timing, my eye. Perfect timing would have been like 20s, 30s, maybe, 40s, sure. But you're going to wait till the 80s, and now you're going to bless me with this, but God likes to move in unexpected ways. Do you know the timing was just right? He was several months before Jesus and he was intended by the creator of the universe, the one who flung the stars into space. He picked this point in time for John the Baptist to be born so that he could pave the way for Jesus. How powerful is that? Your weight might just be divinely ordained by God to prepare the way of the Lord coming into your situation. Praise God. I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm like, man, you waited way too long, God. And he's like, if you only knew the end of the story. I, God likes a good plot twist. And he's got a plan. And he reminds us of that, that we should never limit God. By our expectations, our understanding, we need to just accept that God's in control. He's got that solution. Amen? And so I'd like to do something with you real quick. We've got, perfect, we've got a little bit of time here. Let's see if this will work. It may or may not. But I'd like to share a little illustration with you. Since we're on the topic of movies and shows or just generally all of that, 
Um, has anybody ever heard of Abbott and Costello? Oh, yep, some of you just squirmed. Um, Abbott and Costello, they were two comedians in the 40s, loved all their movies. Zach and I had uh, tons of their movies growing up, and uh, they do this little illustration, and I absolutely love it, and it's funny to me. I'm not a comedian. I'm not going to try to, you know, if it's funny, that's great, maybe just because I'm stumbling through, uh, but I want to share something with you because I just thought it was a great illustration, and there's my notes if you wanted them, uh, but here we go. Let me... How many have ever seen their routine? 13 times 7 is 28. Do you know that 13 times 7 is 28? Well, okay, hang on just a second. Don't, let's all not embarrass each other. Okay, 13 times 7, if I do a, a little bit of quick math, that is definitely not, I don't think that fits in 28. Um, but they do this funny little routine. Let me pick a color that you'll be able to see. Can you see that? I might have to make it real big. But they do this funny little routine here, and I'm again, I'm not a comedian, but I just want to make a point here. 13 times 7, Abbott and Costello start arguing. Uh, Costello is saying, yes, 13 times 7 is 28, dummy. Uh, and, Cost uh, and Abbott's like, you, I've lost your mind. Right, he's like, you, show me how this works. He says, okay, well, I've got 13 times 7. Well, what's 7 times 3? Well, that's 21. 7 times 1? Well, that's 7. Well, that's 28. And so Costello is like, there you go. And Abbott's like, you, you're a dummy. Okay, let's look at this. He said, you're telling me you could take 13 seven times. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Did I do that right? And you're going to get 28 at the end of this problem. He says, yep. He says, okay, let's use three, six, nine. We're testing your math. 12, 15. What are we at? 18, 21. 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. There you go. It's 28. 13 times 7 is 28. So why do I share this with you? That makes no sense. You know that we broke all the mathematical rules, and I am not a mathematician, but we just broke all of them. But we got to 28. And I'm not going to, this is not some, uh, some woke uh you know, innuendo that two plus two doesn't always equal four. Please don't lose. Don't lose me in this. This is not me saying that. But what I am saying is God does impossible things that make no sense. He moves in ways that are completely unexpected beyond our comprehension. If God were to say 13 times seven is 28, then I'll accept it. Now, y'all try to do it. No, sorry. I'm, I'm not into that, that wokeness. But if God says it, I'm there. Absolutely, 13 times 7, sure, God. Let me see how you do it, and God will do it. God likes that kind of plot twist in our life. He likes taking the ugly, the broken, the messed up, and he likes making a hard turn in the story for his glory. Would you stand to your feet? Let's just ask God to move here in these last few minutes. I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what plot twist you're hoping God throws your way. But I need you to know that you know that the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust all the same. I need you to also know that he's got a happy story for you. He's got a happy ending for your story. And that he likes these plot twists. He likes doing things that make no sense at times. These hooks that come out at us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this time.